morning, everyone. Uh, it's just great to be together, isn't it? Fort Daniel did a great job with so many notices this morning. Um, it's, it, it's fantastic being part of a church community where there's so much going on and um, just all these sort of things happening. Would remind you uh, as well, there's um, connect groups. Uh, you know, if you're not uh, in a connect group, just go and get a card at the back, find out, ask at the help desk, which is clearly marked at the back. You're not looking at it, you're looking at me, but I can see it there, clearly marked the help desk. Just ask about a connect group and you can find a little card with details and even a picture of some of the people who go to the connect group, not all of them by any means, but some of the people who go to the connect group and just, just ask for a card, it, say where you live or areas around you. Well, have a look at the pictures and decide which, car, which group you'd like to be in, if you want, whichever way you want to do it. But, but do, do, do do that. It's all part of us being church together. Fantastic. You know, two new sites going to be planted up. We do want to. We love you very much, but we want to empty this building. <laughs> um, we're not completely empty, but we want lots of people to go to southwest Manchester, lots of people to go to north Manchester, and then grow again, and then plant out again. We want to reach all of Manchester with the good news of Jesus and see this city change through being a community, planting community. It's what God called us to do and it's fantastic what's happening already and it's really exciting. To, so I would ask you to consider and to prayerfully consider about being part of one of those North, Southwest Manchester or North Manchester. Don't forget there's always Swinton happening um, you see, some people even have dual membership. Look, stand up, uh, Bernadette and, uh, and Tinashe. Stand up. They, they actually go to South. Where they go. They're, they're there. Turn around, smile at everybody. See, if you want to see their smiles, you can see them in Swinton as well. And then there's Long Sight as well. There's so much to be involved in. The Evening Sight meets at 6 p.m. here in this building. Generally, different people to are here. But it's just great. You see, what I want to say today to you. Oh, let me just give one more bit of news as well, which um, fantastic news. Matthew and Mel, well, let's put it right, Melanie Harkness, not Matthew, Melanie Harkness had a baby on Friday, Thursday, Friday, I'm hearing different things, Friday, who's confusing me by saying Thursday, on Friday, and the name of the baby is Lucy, and she's, doing, so we, we give our love to them, that's fantastic, fantastic, was that what you want? That's it, yeah, so we're just really, really um, pleased about that. Yeah, we really are genuinely pleased about it. Um, you see, the gospel, the gospel, in all that we're talking about, the gospel is all about excellent relationships within partnerships. Members of King's Church here we join with other churches in this city to make Jesus famous. We're part of something that's going on in this city of wanting the name of Jesus to be made famous and the good news of the gospel to be reached. And people who work in team are more enduringly effective in doing that than people who work in isolation. 
It was great being at the Homes of Hope concert. Fantastic job, Lisa. Our very own Lisa did fantastic singing. Our very own Adrian Nottingham did a fantastic talk and talked about Mustard Tree and talked about Homes of Hope and the prodigal. Fantastic just being there and to see people. But one of the things that was made very clear is we work with others, such as Mustard Tree, who Adrian is the CEO of that, but work with other agencies. It's not about King's Church on our own wanting to reach out to those who are in homeless situations. Beautiful people in homeless situations, we learned on Friday night. We want to work with others. And we've learned, we've learned as a church, that to be effective, team partnership is absolutely vital. We're not called to do it on our own. God never called one local church to transform Manchester. We work with others. And across this country, we work with others. Across the world, we work with others. We work with others in Saint-Tropez at the moment, planting a church community there. We work with others in all sorts of different ways. Um, It's just fantastic the way King's Church is more and more wanting to work with others. But I want to talk about us as a local community, how we need to work in partnership with each other. Um, It's just so important. Because Jesus said, you know, it's, it's when, there's, when there's those sort of, Ezekiel talks about wheels within wheels. And within King's Church, you even see it in the notices every Sunday. There's wheels within wheels. There's things that are happening, all sorts of different, ministry to the elderly, something new that Bucky has really got a passion and vision for. Something new going on there, ministering to elderly in, the elder, in people's uh, in, in care homes. It's going to be an increasing area of ministry in the coming years, I believe this. Uh, and... It's just great to see partnerships within partnerships of people wanting to make Jesus famous. You are such wonderful people. You are such marvelous people, the people of King's Church here who just give their lives to this, who aren't religious but say, this is what really matters to me. It's making Jesus famous through partnerships within partnerships. It's fantastic. Um, You know, Jesus said it's... It's by this that everyone will know that you're my disciples, the love that you have for one another. So I want to say, it's not just about working in partnerships, it's actually about loving the others who are in partnership with you. Loving everyone, you see on a Sunday morning, but loving those who are on the stewarding team. (laughs) Loving those who are on the crash workers team. Loving those who go to an early morning prayer meeting on Tuesday. Loving those... Now, if you look, don't, don't stare... But if you look out the corner of your eye around a bit and think of people, you go, it's, let's, let's just be honest. It's not always easy to work in partnership with others. Can we be honest? Do you find sometimes people annoy you? Do you find sometimes people irritate you? Do you find sometimes on your particular team... People sometimes ring you up at 10 o'clock at night and say, I can't make it tomorrow. Will you do a swap with me? (laughs) Do you find people sometimes don't turn up and say nothing? It's real life. It's, It's what happens. Shouldn't, but it does. Let's just be honest. Don't look shocked. Um... It can be challenging to work in partnership with others. Even to remain within a church community can be challenging at times. But I want us to understand today, the gospel does not give me the option to opt out of partnership. The gospel 
is all about being together in partnership with others. Paul, who we've been talking about quite a few times recently, what he did, but he wrote to the Philippians about partnership and he thanked them for their partnership with him in the gospel. And it's a very Bible word, partnership in the gospel. And that included their finances, they were giving to him. But I want to ask you a question this morning, is who are you in partnership with? Who are you in partnership with and how do you work out that partnership? That's two questions. Um, Who do you love and how do you love them? See, where you love people, you spend time investing in building relationship with them. Uh, It's crucial that we invest time into one another in order to have strong, good partnerships with one another. Um, You know... How about I increase? We had the word come this morning about turning up the volume, prophetic word about turning up the volume, increasing the sound. How about I increase the level of partnership? How about I turn up the volume in, in the partnership, the, the, the time I give, the, the, what I do partnership, that I, that I pray with others, I text them, I have them around, even those on the stewarding team or the, on, my, on my kids' workers' team or whatever it is, I, I just, in my connect group, I, I invite them around for a meal or a drink or I, I text them and ask them how they're getting on, that I don't live in isolation, that more and more I work in partnership with others who might turn around and disappoint me, but I still keep on loving them. Um, you see, but it's not just about me and others, what about when we see A brother and sister or two brothers, two sisters in the church community who don't seem to be getting on well together. And you think, there's a problem there. How about we reach out a hand to the one and a hand to the other and we seek to bring them together and to reconcile them? Paul in, uh, you know, d- d- describes the gospel in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18. He describes it as the gospel of reconciliation. Jesus says in Matthew 5 verse 9, Blessed, happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Um, Paul, he was an intrepid first century fire spreader. And we've been looking at some of the places he went to the last few weeks. And he went to many towns and cities, established worked in teams, maintained relationships with them. He had partnerships with many different people in the gospel. And he knew well partnerships could collapse or be maintained, but he did all he could to see partnerships in the gospel flourish. And that's what we want to see too. Every member flourishing in partnership. So let's go back in time, get in the TARDIS, go back 1986 years and tell a story about a partnership in the gospel from years ago. Paul is, in his own words, a very old man. He's in prison in Rome, and he's writing a letter. You can actually find it in the Bible. It's it's the shortest letter Paul wrote. And he's writing a letter to a man called Philemon. And, uh, And he has someone standing next to him as he's writing this letter called Onesimus, and Paul is writing this letter to Philemon. And, 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 and let's go back in time and explain why he's writing the letter. Another three years earlier, um, and Paul had spent three years in a city called Ephesus. It was a big city, an important, the third largest city in, 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 Greek, uh, in, in Roman Asia Minor. 
It's now, you can find it in present-day Turkey. But it was known for its great buildings, the Temple of Artemis, and, and it's a huge city. Uh, and a hundred miles inland from Ephesus, if you look at the map, you'd find a much smaller town called Colossae. Colossae wasn't a big city like Ephesus. It was a small town. And it was on the Lycus Valley. You went past uh, a place called Laodicea, another small town. But you got to Colossae. Again, present-day Turkey. And a man from Colossae called Philemon lived in Colossae. He had his wife called Athea and his son called Archippus. And they lived and they were quite well off. They lived in a big house in Colossae, but it was a small town. They lived in this big house, and let's just not judge him because it was very much the order of the day in those days. Philemon had slaves. Now, before you start sort of pouncing on him, that's awful. Don't think about sort of 19th century, 18th century, 20th century slavery. In those days, it was quite common to have slaves. And to turn around and to say someone don't have a slave, it would be like saying don't have electricity today. Because people depended on it for all the jobs to be done. People depended on slaves. People could even sell them, sell, they could get into debt and sell themselves into slavery. And so he had a slave called Onesimus, which, whose name means useful. And um, Philemon, maybe for business, who knows why, but one day he went, he traveled from Ephesus to Colossae, it was around about 100 miles, the same distance as going from Manchester to Birmingham. Three days hard walking, perhaps. The weather was better than it is in Birmingham or Manchester, probably. But they, they, he, Philemon went to Ephesus, where Paul was preaching the gospel. This is three years before he wrote the letter in prison in Rome. He was preaching the gospel, and he, he had spent three years there. And, and Philemon went to Ephesus, and... For the first time, because he had probably different gods, foreign gods, but for the first time, he heard about a man called Jesus, who Paul explained was actually God became flesh, and how Jesus had come, sent from God the Father, had died on a cross, risen again from the dead, and sent out his Holy Spirit so that we could become children, sons, and daughters of God. Philemon heard that message from Paul in Ephesus. He thought, this is wonderful news. And with great joy, he received the gospel. He made Jesus Lord of his life. He confessed him as Lord. He believed in his heart that God had raised him from the dead. And Philemon was born again as Paul spoke to him. Great news. Something wonderful happening there. And um, Paul loved the way, he commented on the way that Philemon had received the gospel. He thought it was wonderful. He's one of those people who when you were talking to a crowd of people, you could see the fire in their eyes. You could see the love for God. You could see the passion for God. And Paul spent quite a bit of time talking with Philemon and, and spent time with him. Now, Paul knew and Philemon knew. He had a wife and family back in Colossae. He had to go back to Colossae. And so, he went back and left Paul, went back to Colossae, and surprise, surprise, guess what? This man who had had Paul teach him, Paul become a Christian through what Paul had said, this man went back to Colossae, and you know what? He opened up his home, and soon, the way he shared the good news of the gospel, he had a church meeting in his home there in Colossae. And a church was born in Colossae because of Philemon, having heard the gospel through Paul in Ephesus, traveled a hundred miles back and started a church. Things continued well. The church grew. 
And um, it's just wonderful. I want to say, you know, church, is, church meeting in home is not our idea. It's fantastic. We, Kofo just did some statistics looking at the adults, not counting children, but the adults who meet here regularly on a Sunday, 70% of the adults are regularly attending connect groups, which I think is really good. Uh, so, you know, the chances are the people sitting around you, more likely than not, they're in a connect group. And so if, if, if you want to join a connect group, just talk to someone near you. Most people here are, which is a really good thing to say. Um, but things went well for Philemon and Aphia, his wife in Colossae. Um, the family was well. Things seemed to be going well. But then one day, something went horribly wrong. We know something went missing. It was probably money. But Onesimus, the slave, saw money lying around in the house and must have thought, this is something I can take. He took it and he did a runner as fast as he could and left having grabbed the swag that, Paul, that Philemon had left lying around, did a runner, ran away as fast as he could. And this was bad. It was bad. Stealing was bad. But even worse than stealing, believe it or not, back in those days, even a bigger crime than stealing was for a slave to run away. Because for a slave to run away, it, it, it disrupted the establishment. It disrupted the whole system that was there because the whole economy was built on slaves being sold and set free and whatever. But, but, but to run away was really, it was guilty. It was a punishment that you could face death for. But he ran away. Where did he run to? Perhaps he'd heard in the, in the church meetings that met in Philemon's home. Perhaps he'd heard about Paul and Philemon give his testimony and some of the things Paul had taught him when he was in Ephesus. But Onesimus ran away to Rome where he found Paul in chains in prison. Guess what happened? Paul saw him. He should have handed him over to the authorities for him to face a dreadful punishment for having been a runaway slave. Paul did not do that. Paul started to share with Onesimus the same gospel message. This slave, thief, runaway slave, Paul shared the same gospel message that he shared with the wealthy owner, Philemon, with the big house. Paul saw that the gospel was for everyone. And he shared the good news with Onesimus, the runaway slave. Fantastic. Onesimus, just in the same way that his owner had years earlier given his life to Jesus. So uh, Onesimus gave his life to Jesus, confessed Jesus as Lord in front of Paul, gave his life to in Rome there with Paul, gave his life... And Paul loved him. Paul loved Onesimus as much as he'd loved Philemon. And Paul spent time teaching the gospel, discipling him, bringing him to the ways of the kingdom and spent time with him. Didn't hand him over to the authorities. Didn't send him back straight away. And Onesimus began in perhaps a, a slightly illegal way, began to serve Paul and meet Paul's needs there in prison in Rome. But Paul knew, hang on. This can't go on forever. Something needs to be done about this. And so Paul uh, started, after having sheltered him for a while, Paul uh, wrote a letter to Philemon 
And Onesimus stood there as he wrote the letter. And Paul wrote this letter to Philemon. And he said to Onesimus, I want you to take this letter back to Philemon. And I'm going to send with you one of my trusted fellow workers, Tychicus. And Tychicus, I'm writing a letter which we have in our Bible. It's called the Epistle to the Colossians. I want you, Tychicus, to say, take this letter with you to the church that meets in Colossae. And on the way, you'll find a, 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 a woman called Nympha who's actually leading the church in Laodicea. And just give my greetings to Nympha, the woman church leader in Laodicea. Uh, and also, in that letter to Colossians, he wrote to the church there in Colossae. And he said to them, by the way, for, uh, Onesimus, the runaway slave, didn't call him that. He said, He's a dear and faithful brother. He is one of you. That's what he wrote to Colossae. He also wrote uh, to Archippus, to, to Philemon's son, and said to Archippus in the letter that he wrote to Colossians, he said about Archippus, he said, Archippus, fulfill the ministry that you have in the Lord. Do you know what? Philemon's son Archippus went to take over from the woman who was leading the church in Nympha, who, Nympha who was leading the church in Laodicea, and he became a church leader in Laodicea. But, but, but more importantly, for our purposes, for this part of the story, focusing in on Philemon and Onesimus, he, he was telling the church in Colossae, he's your brother, he's one of you. And Paul, so you can guess what Paul wrote to Philemon, you know, please... Don't, 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 don't be upset with Philemon. Yes, I know he stole from you. In actual fact, Philemon, he's my brother. I love him very much. And if he's stolen, if there's anything that's owing, I'll pay. I'll pay. And I want you, and this is what he wrote to him, I want you to see him as, as, as my child. This would have rung true. With Philemon, because Philemon saw himself as Paul's child. It was Paul who had led him to the Lord. It was Paul who discipled him. It was Paul who taught him how to start a church in his own home. And now Paul is saying about this runaway slave that had stolen from Philemon, he's my child. He's my child, just as you are. He's my child. And you know, why? Why is Paul so bothered about this? Do you understand? Paul was absolutely, totally, 100% committed to the gospel. <laughs> he suffered more than most people for the sake of gospel. In 2 Corinthians 11, you can read, he just lists some of the things that happened to him. Three times beaten with rods, once pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, once spent a night and a day in the open sea, in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger in the open sea, fellow Jews, Gentile city, country, false believers, gone without sleep, known hunger and thirst, gone without food, being cold. And let's just say Paul was committed to the gospel and seeing the gospel succeed. This man who who risked his life more than most, who actually gave his life in the end for the sake of the gospel, he knew, he got it, that it's essential, it's absolutely vital that an Onesimus can be restored to Philemon. It's absolutely vital for the purity of the gospel that someone who's wronged somebody else, that someone who's stolen from someone else can be restored and there can be forgiveness and partnership can be restored to the kingdom of God. 
Um, you see, if you read this letter that Paul wrote in that dark prison cell in Rome, suffering for the sake of the gospel, he wrote this to Philemon in verse 6. It's the book just before Hebrews, by the way, if you're finding it. But in verse 6, he said, I pray, this is why I'm writing to you. This is why I'm sending Phil uh, Onesimus back to you, Philemon. He said, I pray, in verse 6, I pray that the sharing of your faith, and we've been talking about that, Richard and myself a lot, and others as well, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. You see, what has radical forgiveness, a thieving slave, uh, forgiving a thieving slave and welcoming him as a brother in Christ into the church family got to do with the effective sharing of our faith? Answer is everything. If you want to make Jesus famous, you need to know relationships working well in partnership really matter. You need to have effective partnerships in the gospel. I absolutely love coming here Sunday mornings. I love just looking out now, seeing, uh, last time we counted, there were around about 40 different nationalities amongst us. And, uh, you know, uh, Adrian Childs, some of you will know who he is, Adrian Childs, West Bromwich Albion supporter, TV personality. Adrian Childs was talking on the radio recently, just last week, and he was talking about being a West Bromwich Albion supporter. We'll forgive him for that. But he was talking about being a West Bromwich Albion supporter and about how wonderful it was going on the football terraces. And he said this, he said, the football terraces is around about the only place in the country where you'll see people from different backgrounds uh, meeting together for a common cause. I thought, what? Adrian Childs, do you come along to King's Church on a Sunday morning and you will see people from different backgrounds, different areas of life, different areas of the city, different areas of the world, different ages, different economic statuses. You'll see all sorts of people sitting together, totally committed to a common cause. That of making Jesus famous. This is something we celebrate and we want to celebrate it more. We're talking about having an international Sunday sometime early on next year. Just to celebrate who we are as a community. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Don't you love our Greek guitarist? Yanni. If it wasn't for Yanni, how could I ever say, I know a little Greek? It's wonderful. But, you see, what happened? Let me tell you, Paul's prayer was answered. Onesimus was restored to, the church, to Philemon and to the church family. But Paul hinted in this letter. He said, I don't want you just to take him back as a slave. No longer a slave. I want you to take him back as a brother. As someone different. That prayer was answered. How do we know it was answered? In church history, not in the Bible, but church history, and sources are there to, to, to show this. See, because around about 40 years later, a man called Ignatius, and tradition says, not the Bible, I'm just telling you, tradition says, Ignatius, this church leader, who, was, by the way, was leading the church in Antioch, and was the third church leader. Peter was the first, then there was somebody else, and then it was Ignatius, was the leader of the church in Antioch. And Ignatius, tradition says, he was one of the children that Jesus took on his knees and, and blessed. Uh, and Ignatius was the, the leader of the church in Antioch. And because he loved the Lord so much, and that 40 years later, it was the Emperor Trajan who was, who was in charge of the Roman Empire. And he had Ignatius taken from Antioch to Rome, where he was thrown to wild animals and devoured by them. But on his way, he met somebody. Guess who he met? 
he met Onesimus. And, uh, and what he wrote, what Ignatius wrote about, he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, not Colossae, Ephesus, the big city. And he wrote to this big church in Ephesus and he said to them, you are really blessed to have Onesimus as your leader. And what he said about him, he, he, he said that he actually um, was somebody who, a man whose love is beyond words. Onesimus, the runaway slave, became the leader of the large church in Ephesus years later. I think that's beautiful. I think it shows what happens when people are restored. I, I, Philemon found in receiving Onesimus in forgiveness and in partnership that he could see Onesimus no longer as a slave but as a beloved brother. So the one who was useless to him became useful. Paul makes this connection. Remember, Onesimus means useless. It's linked to that word. But he writes this about him in Philemon's verse 13. He said in verse 11, he says, formerly he, Onesimus, whose name means useless, you know, if you just do it, he, Onesimus was useless to you, but now he's indeed useful to you and useful to me. Onesimus, useful, became useless through his running away, through his thieving. But through the power of forgiveness, through the power of determination to work in partnership in the gospel, the one who was useless became useful again. I want to say to you, if you have any issue with any brother or sister in the church community or in the church generally, they are useless to you. For them to become useful to you, there needs to be forgiveness. There needs to be forgiveness from your as you forgive them, as you are determined, I'm not going to let this partnership go. I'm going to work. I'm going to keep on phoning even if they put the phone down. I'm going to keep on writing even if they refuse to reply to me. I am determined to work in partnership with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ and determined to make it work especially well in the local church community which I belong. Do you know there are people out and about, and maybe some of you even here will fit this category, people who no longer belong to a church community because they say, I was hurt by the church. The church hurt me. How about we do something? How about we read that letter to, that Paul wrote to Philemon, and we do a Paul. We say, I'm going to reach a handout to that brother who's estranged from that. I want to be a reconciler. I want to be a peacemaker. And where maybe for very genuine reasons, there's, there's no... How about we see restoration come in relationships and in that fellowship? Maybe you feel today, maybe you say, I'm a bit like Onesimus. I've messed up. I, I'm on the sidelines. I'm disqualified. I've done wrong. It's me who's hurt the church and I feel disqualified. I'm a slave on the run. Hear the word of the Lord for you today. It's time you got your name back. That you're no longer a slave to fear. You're a child. You're loved by God. Philemon himself, he had every reason to take offense at what Onesimus had done. And, but he didn't. He forgave. He, he heeded what Paul had said. This is actually 
the, what I'm in. I'm in partnership with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and my brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, we're called into that. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. He has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is bigger. This partnership is bigger than our own pride. It's bigger than, than what we think is important about us. It was interesting just seeing Donald Trump and, and Barack Obama sitting down next to each other after they'd slated one another off so much, sitting down next to each other in the White House, and both of them said, it's bigger than either of us. I want to say the gospel is bigger than any of us. It matters for the sake of the gospel, for the sake why Jesus went to the cross. It matters that we are determined to work in partnership with others. If you haven't yet found a place where you can work in partnership, find one quickly. And if you're in this church community and you're already working partnership work at those partnerships make them strong make them good work at that relationship work at blessing others being a blessing to them it's how the gospel will be spread there's 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 more of at stake um you see i i want to say it's fantastic some of the things we're doing united school of ministry manchester a bible school that's housed here that isn't King's Church Bible School. It's the Bible school for churches who will partner with us in sending their students to that. Eight different churches sending students to USMM. It's fantastic. We've got a, a plan to work with a school in Liverpool to see a free school started here in Manchester in September 2018. Not taking the brightest kids in the, but taking those who've been expelled from other schools. And saying, we'll have a school for you. We'll look after you. How are we doing it? Working in partnership with a school in Liverpool. Uh, you know, Gary Stretton has an idea at the moment about starting something in an evening, a regular evening, for people who are from hostels or homeless, just to come in and find somewhere where there's fellowship. There's, there's, there's a church family ready to welcome them regularly on an evening. As I said, Bucky's got this plan to work with others just to see something that we reach out to the elderly, in, and especially that home for the elderly nearby to us. Uh, talking of partnerships, I've seen five or six couples this last couple of weeks who want to get married next year it's partnership it's good things happening Jesus how about even within the partnerships it's great the connect groups great that 70% roughly of adults here are already going to a connect group during the week that's wonderful but how about even within those groups we find two or threes who can get together and say look will you pray with me there's something I want can we just form a partnership and just pray for something to happen in this area of my life. It's fantastic, just Paige's testimony about a job. God's doing something at the moment. There are people getting jobs who have been waiting for a long time not to get jobs. God is doing something. God is on the move here. Um, I want to say, you know, these are ways that we can work together and just, just, just know what it is to be in that same level of partnership. Philemon and Onesimus, reconciled, working in partnership together there in Colossae, saw great things happen. I, I, can we just close our eyes and can the worship team come up? We're just going to sing a song. Um, but just close your eyes. I just want to say, I, I want to make a call to you. That's, that's, it's not a simplistic call to get on together. Come on, church, try harder. Let's forgive one another. It's, to call, it's a call to make Jesus famous by abandoning any ideas of independence that we might have and saying out loud and clear, turning the volume up, I am in a gospel partnership. To be in the kingdom is not an individualist charter. To be in the kingdom is to be in partnership with brothers and sisters. 
And I just want us to say that. Can we just, just say it after me? I am in a gospel partnership. You are. That is the truth. So who are you in partnership with? I just think, you know, Onesimus, can you put yourself in Onesimus' shoes? He'd stolen. He'd run away. He could face the death penalty for what he'd done. But he was brave enough to go from Rome all the way back to Colossae. He must have wondered how he'd be received. But Paul uh, had been with him, and he must have taught him so well that there was a confidence in him that I understand I'm in a community. I'm in partnership, and I understand I will be forgiven by the church in Colossae. I understand I'm not a slave to fear. I understand I'm a child of God. I'm one of them. I'm not on the sidelines. I'm not excluded. Uh, He became a leader in the church in Ephesus. Onesimus himself must have reconciled so many people in his ministry. So many people who'd been like him, estranged from a fellow brother or sister. How about we just ask the Holy Spirit now, Lord, who can I help and perhaps do it subtly. Perhaps not go and say, I want to bring you together. But, but just bringing people together. Bringing those who've been hurt by the church. Restoring them. Bringing those whom we've hurt. Those who've hurt us. Saying, let's see restoration. Let's see God at work in the lives of others. Um, you know, Onesimus, he traveled a long way. Uh, just to re-establish his identity as useful. And I'm asking today that we make a journey, maybe just that we stand up, but in our hearts we make a journey and we say, Lord, I want to reestablish my identity as useful, as not estranged from brothers and sisters. Lord, I commit myself to working at partnerships by the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, just working at partnerships, being restored, being a restorer. Let's sing that song, No Longer a Slave to Fear. There's a line in there that goes, I'm accepted. I'm in the family. I am a child of God. Let's just stand and, and sing that. But, but I just, in your own heart now, just commit yourself to reconciliation, to restoration, to partnership, to working with others. In Jesus' name.